help me welcome to the to the show Josh Francis and my friend Billy Dotson. These are two of the men that I that I love and admire and respect because of their commitment to uh, helping other people. Uh, you know, part of the part of the twelve step recovery process is is giving back what we've been so freely given. When we work those twelve steps in our lives, that twelve step is about carrying a message to other people. And uh, you know, no one can really work the twelve steps without continuing to try to help other people. That's part of the deal. But uh, these two men have have taken that mantle uh, and gone above and beyond. They have been an example to me. Uh, you know, it's been a it's been a, a, an amazing experience to watch both of you grow as individuals uh, to be servants, to be servants of humble servants of God. Like that's it. If I was to describe you to somebody, that is exactly how I would describe you. That you are both convicted to help other people and to, and to shepherd lost souls and to bring them back to life. And I know that neither one of you take credit for that. I, I know because I watch you. Uh, I, watch, I watch your walk. I watch the way that you interact with people. You know, we're all lunatics and we're all sober, crazy drug addicts and alcoholics. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, like, like our sponsor says, it's, it's what you do that determines who you are. And, uh, and I try to live by that. I try to live by my actions determine who I am. And I can think, feel, and believe whatever I want about a person, place, or thing. But it's how I treat that person, place, or thing that determines who I am. And I think that you guys are examples of how to treat people with love and tolerance and kindness. And I've seen you both get pushed. And I've seen you both get tested uh, working with some of these men. Some of these men are, are loose cannons, and some of them are not mentally well. And uh, I see you put the same amount of effort and the same amount of energy into people who are easy to help as you do into people who are hard to help. And uh, day in and day out, I, you know, I watch both of you guys, and I'm speaking to this only because my audience doesn't know, my audience isn't familiar, but I watch both of you guys volunteer and do this work for nothing for a long time. And did it with everything that you had. Full time, it was a full time avocation for you. It was a full time job. And you had a construction company at the time. And you were trying to run your construction company and provide for your family and work full time helping other people get sober. So that's why it's such an honor for me to be able to do this because I think it is important that people know how convicted you both are and how invested you both are personally into what you're doing. Uh, it's not about, I've never seen any, either one of you chase credit. I've never seen any, either one of you chase a pat on the back or acknowledgement or anything other than the gratification of knowing that you helped someone, right? Like that's the reward and I, and I see that. Uh, and I think that it's important that people know that, right? Like th this isn't about recognition, it isn't about uh, popularity or fame, it's about the mission, which is bringing people back to the light, bringing lost souls out of the darkness, bringing them back to the light, and teaching them how to live. And I know that if it wasn't for me, having been in my path, showing me the way, and showing me the path, and illuminating my path, I wouldn't be sober now. So for me to be able to participate in, in, in getting you some, some recognition to getting your name out there, to getting the GWP name out there, 
it really is a, a privilege for me to be able to do that. I've got some things that I want to talk about specifically. Tell me how GW, first of all, I didn't get your testimony. So why don't you tell everybody who you are and how you mix into all of this? I'm Hubbub. Well, I'm Billy. <laughs> I'm Billy Dotson. I am an uh, alcoholic and a drug addict. And I'm a drug court baby. That's how I say it. That's how I uh, describe it sometimes to some of the guys that are in drug court. You know, drug court uh, had a hard time. I am from Murray County. And drug court signed me up, took me in, but they had nowhere to send me. And they, they were going to send me to uh, Safe Harbor or some rehab way off because there was nowhere for me to go. And I didn't know any of this at the time. And the, the two days before they were going to pick me up, uh, my case manager said that uh, there is a new house in Columbia that just opened up and we're going to send you there. And uh, I got out of, they picked me up out of jail, signed me out of jail, took me to this halfway house and dropped me off. And I stayed there for three months by myself. You know, the people that owned it lived in Nashville, they were never there. And uh, they, they managed the house with cameras and a Sunday meeting. And, uh, you know, I complained about it the whole entire time. Joe Morado would definitely agree. He, he heard every single time that they was, something happened. You know, I, I would go to the AA meeting. Luckily, that house was close to the Friendship House. And uh, so I was able to walk there. But uh, I didn't know, I didn't care about recovery housing being a problem. But at the time, I was living that problem. It was it was very uh, it was very real to me because there was nowhere I could go. Miss Sharon always said, "Well, there's another place for you, Billy," and uh, that is prison. So anyway, I completed and graduated drug court to go back off onto my world, and uh, I did that. And uh, you know, I started going to the AA house, got a sponsor, and started to change my life. And uh, Sharon, after I graduated, you know, Sharon, Sharon would ask me to reach out to people, and so I reached out to one person in particular, uh, and he was just so happy that it was at this house called Esther Haven. Never heard of it. Thought it was kind of silly. And I go over there one day to meet Bobby, and uh, that's how I met Josh Francis through Bobby Lambert, through uh, working with this man. I've been talking to Bobby for you know, six, seven months before this, but you know, he just could not get it. He, they kept sending him to rehabs, facilities. They just kept sending him places. And then he got out and he wanted to come over there and I, I had met Josh. And uh, the night where we met him. Now we met in Murray County Jail. <laughs> we met him in 122. We, we met him 622 in the work pod. You know, I may or may not have given him some dip or tobacco, <laughs> tobacco products. I was know. only six months sober. So, so, so let me, so let me catch this. I wouldn't be on drugs, I would take some dip. Yeah. So, you were six months sober yeah. in jail. Oh, yeah. Met this cat yeah. in jail, mm -hmm. yeah. and he gave you tobacco in yeah. jail. Yeah, I was still the old me. 
and somehow God saw fit to bring that full circle mm-hmm. and for you to run into each other at a sober living house Listen, in Columbia. He asked me one day in jail, he said, if I, he asked, he said, do you want to you want to join us in the Bible study? I said, no, Josh, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to I remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, and I just, I would, everybody would just, you know, give me an excuse or what about He's the only guy that answered honest. He says, Josh, I'm, that's just not what I'm trying to do. I think he was laying on his bunk, and I'm standing over him. And Billy, come, you know. Josh, that is not what I'm trying to do today. Yeah. How long ago was that? That was, that was six years or five years ago. Five years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, come I, to I remember riding to jail that night. I was proud. I knew I was there for, I, I, I had a DUI. Third is what it went down as. It was actually my fifth. So he went down as a third. And there was two other guys the same day with the same charge. They they let them off with probation, no jail time. My lawyer came and said, they're not talking about it. They're not. You're going to jail. There's no discussion. I said, no, oh, there's no way. So you went to jail sober? I was jail sober. Six months sober. I was already working for, for Freeman Recovery Center. Like I was doing the deal. I was the king of AA in my mind. <laughs> I was a believer. I mean, I, I was doing everything that I needed to do. The treatment center, Sean, wrote a letter, you know, speaking on my behalf. We're going to, I mean, everybody had done everything to keep me from going to jail, and they would not be. They said, you are going. And all I could think of was Paul, you know, Paul had to go to prison. He was in the prisons. I said, there's something for me to do in this jail. I remember riding there that night. I said, Lord, I, you know, I'm gonna carry the message into the jail. I'm gonna carry your message, your word into this jail. But I asked you to speed the time up. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the juvenile uh, the, the juvenile center sign mm-hmm. as I was praying that prayer and I went and I went in I think I was in population of like uh, three days and they come got me pulled into the work pod and that's, that's where I met Billy I started doing a Bible study my mentor always told me to trick them if you got to and uh, I would get cookies I would buy all the cookies I could on commissary and I would I would give the cookies away at the Bible study to get people to come to the Bible study. Did it work? It worked. Yeah, there would be people would come to the Bible study. There's a couple guys I met Billy through that. There's another guy Blake that we met in there. When I got out, he had come to Fresh Start. He was in the Fresh Start house when it first opened. Mm-hmm. He relapsed. Met another guy. Took him to treatment. He's sober today. Mm-hmm. He lined up me and Billy in there. And you know, God is just the ultimate chess player. Yeah, 100%. You know, he lines up all this stuff, you know, we're... And, well, that was my point of bringing that up, because that was five years ago, and then cut to Bobby's seven months sober. So in the last year, you guys run into each other again at the sober living house, and you had been sober for how long at that point? When you started talking to Bobby at the house? Oh, going on to a year and a half. Yeah, so you were a year and a half sober. Josh is four and a half years sober, and... Yeah, you guys were like, what are you doing here? And get to talking and catching up. Yeah. He was ready to talk about God then. All yeah. of a sudden. All of a sudden, he was ready to talk about God. Like a minute. Yeah, that <laughs> took, it took what it took. It took what it took. That's it. That's it. it, took what it took. Listen, when I got when I came to Columbia, Tennessee, the last thing I was looking for was a relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. Me and God weren't talking, and I was okay with that. When I started, I was not going to be a Bible thumper. I was not listening to drink the Kool-Aid. Definitely not. I remember I, I mean, I couldn't stand even the thought of Jesus. I had so many trust issues with my brother. I, I seen her. Uh, let me just, 
had trust issues with women. And uh, I just I thought this whole Jesus thing was a cover story for a whole name Mary. That's, that's not, you know, and it's it sounds terrible, like it's almost blasphemous. You know, it's, but it, but it was your but, it but was that, your that was my view at that time. So I sure. always say it that way, and mm -hmm. you know, I don't think anybody. But that's how I viewed the Bible. That is a cover story for a whore named Mary. Mm -hmm. That's all it was. They made up all that stuff to, to we cover up the miraculous to, deception. Yeah. Right, I got you. And that's that's what I went with. But I knew that God was working on life. I felt this, and I knew it was happening. It just—it never stopped. I, I started to pray, and I was just talking to the Creator God. I knew there was no way that there could be only one God, and all these other gods didn't exist. And you know, I just talked to the Creator God, and I said, "Well, if there, if there is a God, it's going to be a God that's going to accept all of this crap. Mm -hmm. You know, He knows where He gets. He's got to be a God, of and that's that's where I started—just the, the Creator God. Yeah. And uh, I. At that time, I just called him, I called him the God of AA. And I set out to convert Christians from from the Bible to the, to the AA way. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, you know, I studied the Bible, and I would find all this contradiction. I'd go and talk to my roommate, Jeff, and, uh, you know, to this group to, to convert him to AA. Mm -hmm. And in that process, I became a Bible. Somebody hit me. With the Kool-Aid, and I didn't know about it. <laughs> okay, so you guys end up meeting at the Hester Haven House, and a friendship is born. Not just a friendship, yes. but, but a brotherhood. A, a, a brotherly connection is formed, and you two go at recruiting and helping and building on that foundation of that house with those four men. And blew up another program to the point where they have, what, six houses now in Columbia? Yeah. Six men's houses. When we started, we met Deidre, and and she was just as gung-ho with us. Mm -hmm. As many houses as we would open, she was ready, let's get it. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't touch the brakes, and, and that's what we're about. We're just going, and we went, and every, you know, every house we opened just we just went. We got a house. We opened a house. We asked for furniture. We just we never quit. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just... It I mean, it's been a miracle to watch. Like, I'm telling it's, you as an outsider this, to we, watch this it. This started. We was in church, right? In this time, listen, and probably nobody remembers this message. Pastor Morgan said that when they got the new church, that they started to build the roof. They didn't have the money. They didn't know what to do. And he said he wouldn't talk to another guy. And he told him, just, just start doing it. Just start building the roof. And in doing that, they raised the money and done the whole roof, and they raised more than what they needed. And I don't remember anything else he said, but just just start building the roof. You ain't got to have the money. You ain't got to have what you. You ain't got to have all that. God is going to make a way. He's going to provide a way. And that's what me and Billy. That really has inspired all of this in me and Billy. Just start building the roof, and that's what we did. We had no money. We had no funds, and and we just started to build the roof. We got in there. We put the work in. We got the houses. God had prepared us for all this. Billy's a plumber. I had a construction business. I got all the tools. We got the houses, remodeled the houses. You know, everything, God has lined up everything just perfectly to do this. Mm. When we would hit spots where we would, like, we would, it'd be finances, you know, holding us up. We would be able to go out into the community and we would just get the money. Mm. And God, you know, he just had it prepared the whole way. We went one time and talked to this guy and he pulled a check out of his wallet like he had been there since 1930. Mm -hmm. 
Put a, took a piece of tape and put it on the tape and check back together. Because it was that old. He was that old. Been in his wallet. God had that check in that man's wallet that long, and he wrote the check and, and met the whole need. Mm-hmm. We needed ten thousand dollars. He met the need, and we opened another house. I think that was that might have been the first one. Mm-hmm. That was the first one. That's what started us. That was. He wrote the check, and we went. And That's we went. when we first realized that God is in this, mm-hmm. because it was if we were all the way against the wall. We were frustrated. We needed all of the help. We did not find of no other solution other than just, hey, we need help knocking on doors, knocking on doors. And me and Josh went and then went to a few places, and then we went to this one place and asked him, and he said yes. He said for sure. He said how much, and we told him, and he wrote a check for the whole amount. Two checks. Yeah, half on <laughs> one and half on the other. Don't know why, but he did make two checks. One of them was ripped. I thought, well, this is weird. Yeah, definitely. I would have been like, they're never going to accept The whole time outside, <laughs> the whole time outside, it was come. We had we had clients in the truck waiting for you that we had picked up from work or wherever, and they were waiting on us. They had no idea what we was really even doing. Mm-hmm. And the it, it just come this monsoon storm, the clouds, it's thundering, lightning, out of nowhere. And by the time we walked out, it was natural bleeding through. It was, it's just ridiculous. And it was up with. Mm. And, uh, you know, and then we was like, okay, I see you got, you yeah. got her back. He has you, a way of doing that. You are real. Yeah, he has Close a way of You got us. You're going to help us. And we just kept on. And we opened another house and God sent every man to it. And we would open another house and God would send every man to it. And. We have we have fought this whole time. I've never met a man. Listen, I've moved a lot of furniture since I got sober, <laughs> but there's only two things I ever that I know of right now, and I am not. This does not make me better than nobody, but I have taken furniture out of my place and did without just to give it to the recovery community, some of the houses. And Josh Francis, I went to his house. Woke his child up and said, get off the couch. And we loaded the couch onto the truck and took it to the house. You know, we replaced the couch, but it was about being willing. How far are you willing to go to help somebody? We run out of beds, we, somebody would sleep on the couch. Mm-hmm. We took or we would take our bed. bed, he took his bunk beds and put it in the house for, you know, that's just different. I don't know what that is, but that's just different. It's well, not when God's in it. You know, you just... Well, I've got the... It's hard to hold back from it. Men are quitting their jobs to do this for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just amazing to see it happen. Well, and, and what's even more amazing is that as the community becomes more informed and more aware, they're going to want to get involved, too. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, that I want to talk about. So... Now we got a little backstory on how you two partnered up. How did GWP come to be? How did GWP Ministries come to be? Because people are going to want to know. Like, well, how did how how did this become a thing? Like, how did how did this get born? Yes, and you're not know God's plan, right? What is the mission? What's the purpose? To uh, uh, Gerald, my friend Gerald says it best. He wants a recovery a recovery house on every street and a church on every corner 
Uh, since I graduated drug court, they have done nothing but ask me to try to help get something in Lawrenceburg. And they say Fayetteville. I don't know where Fayetteville is, but, you know, uh, why not? The 22nd Judicial District Drug Court, and this is not a drug court thing, but drug court, would, they, they have the need there just like they did here before we started doing what we did here. Right. The go would be to go to Lawrenceburg, Fayetteville, Giles County, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana. This, listen, the number one leading cause of death between us three men sitting here right now is overdose in this country. The one of the way we're the most likely reason we're going to die is uh, overdose. That's a national number between ages of 18 and 45. Yes, I'm out of that range. However, it's the number one killer in this country, and and it's like people are talking about it. Rehabs are opening, and that's great. But what do they do when they get out of rehab? Oh, well, we're done with the 28 days. We've built you thirty thousand dollars. I hope you make it. Right. We all know sitting here that that's just not enough. That's just one piece of the puzzle. That's right. one piece of the puzzle. Thirty days. You got to be separated from the drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Well, you have to. That's only the start. You have to replace the behavior. Yeah. And and the and treatment takes centers. Time. The treatment centers don't do that. The treatment centers get down to causes and conditions. Mm-hmm. They get you to unpack your baggage and really look at why you're getting loaded and what you're running from. But at the end of the day, when you, like you said, when you leave that 28, 30-day program, even if it's 60, 90 days, they're not teaching you life skills. They're not teaching you behaviors. They're not getting you a sponsor that you're calling instead of your dope dealer. They're not teaching you how to live. Yeah. Well, look, I don't know what program you went to. Freeman's doing all of that. Well, that's that, that's good. Sober living, treatment. But, yeah, we got to connect yeah, right. those things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the that's, places we know are just the twenty-eight day. We we got to build relationships with them, right? And 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 provide that second part of it. One hundred percent. Well, they're, they're right. doing their part. You have to have that twenty-eight days, and we're not qualified to do that. To provide the medical assistance, we, we don't have any of the that. staff. I can't. Right. I can't treat somebody that's having a seizure. Facilitating I can't, you know, that's going through trim. I can't do any right. of that. Well, I'm facilitating group therapy sessions yeah. all day long, no. right? I mean, definitely not. Yeah. So, but those are the places that you can do, do, do build a pipeline to mm-hmm. for your clients to give people a resource out of treatment where they can go after care, right? Like that's the idea is GWP and what and what the the sober living homes that you're going to be opening is going to provide aftercare for people who have gone to a rehab or a treatment center or a detox and are ready to start getting back on their feet, right? So the next question that I have for you is how can people find you? How can people get a hold of you? So do you have a website? We do. It's all that's being made right now. Okay. And that's God, okay. God just sent this this college student. She's doing a product, you know, I've been struck because I'm not internet and I'm not good with none of that stuff. Billy's, he's not, I mean, we're just not that. Right. Billy is trained on Windows 7. He's right. got a degree yeah. in computer <laughs> science, but it's, you know. Listen, information technology. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, uh, I didn't know. I didn't oh, know. I didn't learn something it's, about it. It's, it's owed. Yeah, it's, no, it's what they call obsolete. Yeah. 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 So we, we don't have none of that experience. Right. Well, God has sent this college student. She's doing a project, community project. And it's, it's, she's taking on all of that. All that's in the process of making it. Right. We've got our domain, gwpministries.com. Okay. You can go to it. It's not a functioning website yet. yet. 
but it yeah. will be right. We're going to have you know links and it, it'll be all going. We've got a Facebook page. Well, and, and listen, so and that's something that I said before is we're going to make sure when I'm when I was talking to Justin, we're going to make sure that there's links in the description yeah. of this video. We're Our contact put, info. We're going to put contact information mm-hmm. if people want to reach out to you directly. Email address, phone number, whatever you want to put on there, we'll put on there. Uh, you know, one of the things that one of the things that Justin touched on a little bit, and this is something that I, you know I'd love for you guys to elaborate on, is how people can get involved. Right? Speaking yeah. at the community level, how can people get involved? Like Justin was talking about volunteer work. So first thing, you got to pass a drug test. <laughs> okay. So that's a requirement. That's a requirement. We're going to drug test. If you want to work with our people, if you want to volunteer in our program, you got to pass a drug test. And you got to be okay with me drug testing you anytime. Okay. If I see you looking funny, I'm drug testing you. I, don't, I mean, that's right. just, you, you're going to be, be held accountable. And if you see me looking funny, I want you to drug test me. Yeah, all of us have that ability. Yeah, clients, and, and that's about protecting. If my client wants to call me out and drug test me. Sure. It's, not, sure. it's not to out anybody. It's not to make yeah. anybody feel We're not going to embarrass nobody. We're, right. It'll be a problem. But it's about protecting you got to be willing clients. to take a drug test. Right. you got to be passing drug tests. So there you go. If you want That's number one. If you want to help, you're going to be sober. So some of the things that Justin mentioned was transportation, right? Like yeah. people are going to need rides yeah. to work. So that is a big thing. That, is, that has been the hardest thing for us to overcome. Is lack of transportation. So if anybody wants to start a van service to transport, <laughs> transport people at a, for free. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, for real, it's a business that's there that's for real that somebody could start and do transportation. You're not going to drive any any of these guys around illegally. Uh, so you know, valid license, valid insurance, valid all these things. But uh, transportation is the number one need because no one comes into our program with with cars, money, insurance registered to their right name, tags, it's right, all these things. So we take them to work. We pick them up from work. We take them to church. We pick them up from church. We take them to. AA means we bring them home from AA. We take them to mental health doctors' appointments, and we bring them home. And you guys have been facilitating this we, kind of transportation yeah. for the last. I mean, as long as I've known that you've been involved the last couple of years, you guys have been facilitating, organizing transportation. I don't for, know if I would call it organizing, Joe, but we uh, facilitating for sure. We've been managing the chaos. Yeah, right. I mean, you're talking about about six thirty people a, a day. Getting, getting him to work, mm-hmm. getting him to meetings, getting him home from work, getting him to the grocery store, getting him to Walmart if they need. And we was able to do that with the community here in Columbia. Right. We've got ten, probably ten people that are willing to get rides. We can right. just call them and say, "Hey, can you pick somebody up from the Santa Fe house and take them here?" Right. And they do it. And that's and that's and that's, that's that's what it takes to right. be able to do this. We have right. to have the community support involved well, and willing to drive out here and, and get somebody, take them to a meeting, and wait on them. Or go into the meeting with them because they need a ride back home as well. There's the recovery dog. You want left out, sister. <laughs> we need volunteers <laughs> to cover like weekend shifts. Yeah. We try to do our days off Saturday, and uh, the, the way we do that is is to get volunteers to come in and, and cover the the weekends, and we can let our house peers have days off. You know, that's how we do it. We, we do four or five hour shifts. Mm-hmm. That's another way you could get in. So one of the things that another thing that Justin brought up was like life skills, right? Like people need mm-hmm. help managing their finances. Yeah. People need help learning how to write a resume. All of people. Them. People need help. Listen, we're based when I when I got sober, I knew how to lay brick. I was probably the best bricklayer 
you know, in my mind, I was the best in the world. <laughs> I was a really good bricklayer, but that's it. Mm-hmm. That was it. I didn't know how to do anything when I got here. I just recently learned how to shave right. Mm-hmm. And that's real. I'm, I'm a 30-year-old man, and I just learned how to shave like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. When the guy shaved me, I realized, well, he just is not pressing down as hard as I do. That's why I cut myself up. I pressed down too hard. <laughs> I mean, that's a real thing. I didn't have a father that, that taught me to shave. Mm-hmm. My parents were in addiction. You know, I didn't have that. And the guys that we have coming in, you know, a lot of them don't have that. Yeah. They don't have a father figure. Like they don't know how to act. They don't know how to keep a clean house. I mean, it's well, I mean, it's, it's basic things that you think all people have, but we don't. We don't have nothing. I didn't make my bed. I didn't clean my. I didn't do any of that stuff when I first got sober. Yeah. I did that because Sean made me do it, mm-hmm. and it taught me to to clean my room, to make my yeah. bed, yeah. to wash my clothes regularly. Dude, listen, I, I tell you guys, that wasn't things that I tell you guys all the time. Did. My house is clean. My dishes are done. My bed mm-hmm. is made right now. My bed was made before I knew there was going to be eight people here tonight. Mm-hmm. I learned that in sober living. I learned to take care no, of myself. Not made. Like, I, 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 I got taught to be responsible and accountable. For my own space in sober living, that's where I learned that. So I mean, I, I, I stand beside that a hundred percent. These people need life skills, and they need to be taught, and they need to be taught with love and tolerance, right? And that's it, and that's what it takes. It takes, it takes a lot of grace to do this. Yeah. When these men first come in, when me and Billy first started, we just we thumped them on the head. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't let them get away with nothing, and that just it wasn't right. It worked. Those four men got started. I don't know how they made it. They did. Out of spite. They did it to spite y'all. I mean, we were with them. But we was right there with them. I know one at least one that stayed sober just to spite your ass. Mm -hmm. He said he wouldn't. Yeah. (laughs) We we had to soften up a lot. It takes a lot of grace. Mm -hmm. We now we don't even get on to them the first thirty days. Mm -hmm. We don't even give them punishment. I mean, we just can't. There's no. We don't know how to do anything when we get here. We're going to learn everything. And it takes 30 days, at least 30 days of grace. Mm-hmm. Just to, I mean, just to get That's grounded, it. to yeah. feel safe and secure mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. I mean, most of us have been rolling stones for so long. Hell, I don't even remember the last time that I was in a stable place for more than, you know, a month mm-hmm. anywhere before I got sober. So, I mean. I haven't even calmed down in a month. Definitely not. I was a lunatic for my first six or seven months, for sure. You know? And and I mean, I I love the testimonies of all the guys tonight, seeing where different people are at in different stages of their recovery, Mm -hmm. and seeing the light on, even even in Ira, you know what I mean? 64 days, 65 days, the light's on in his eyes, and has a... He's ready. Yeah, I mean, yeah. His house, I mean, he's moving up, he's... Right, doing the... He's doing the thing. Right. But that comes from your... It comes from y'all's leadership. It comes from you guys setting the example, right? Every single person that I talked to tonight talked about you guys being in the trenches, not asking them to do things that you wouldn't do yourself, not asking them to do things that you haven't done yourself, mm-hmm. right? And you're teaching them, and now they're teaching other people. And that's, man, that's 12 steps of recovery right there. That's it. Leading, the, leading these men into recovery and then helping them help somebody else. I mean, you're, you're laying the groundwork for a recovery community to continue building itself even in the wake of your absence if you move to Lawrenceburg the recovery community that you both helped start here is going to continue to thrive because of the men that you have that have followed in your footsteps 
You know what I mean? I don't know if you guys realize that, but you created a legacy. And as long as the men keep doing what you've taught them, they will continue to foster new men to continue to do the same thing. Right? I mean, you got Jody, you got LT running houses that are teaching the men that are coming up that are going to be running those houses when LT and Jody are gone. I mean, look at Bobby. Bobby is like a miracle. He's a fucking miracle. Ask your Bobby. Dude, right? He married two people tonight. From the broken shell of a man. From the broken shell of a man that could not look you in the eye to a man brimming over with confidence in who he is and in and, and his path and comfortable in the path that he is walking faithfully. It, that's a miracle. And it has nothing to do with us except for God put us in his path. That's it. God made us examples to be an example to him and he has took the torch and run. You know what I'm saying? So we got volunteer work, transportation, life coaching, job, job placements, <coughs> things like that. We talk about donations. People can donate, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody needs things. Toiletries, clothing, food, cleaning supplies. All of these things are ways that furniture, people, you guys talk about furniture. Taking furniture out of your own homes to furnish these houses. Well, we partner with a guy that's going to meet that need. He's going to buy the homes and he's going to pay our program. We're going to do a vocational training program. Okay. And uh, we're going to remodel these houses. He's going to pay the program. We're going to teach these men a trade. Okay. We're teaching them to remodel. We're teaching them electrical. We're going to teach them all that stuff. And, and that's what we're going to do for this guy. He's going to buy the houses. We're going to remodel the houses. And uh, he's going to pay us to do that. Then he's going to furnish these houses. And he's going to rent them back to us. Okay. And in doing that, we're going to be able to make the program completely free. Right. Like they'll come, they'll have to work. You know, they're going to earn it. They're not going to just, you know, I don't believe you appreciate anything you don't pay for. Definitely. But they're going to be grinding. They're going to be working. They're going to. Well, what better way for them to earn their keep? Yes. Learn a trade. At the they're going to learn a trade. When they leave in a year, they're going to be fully qualified to remodel houses. They can go and start their own business, and we would help them to do that. When they leave, they'd be fully qualified to to start their own business, and you know, we would want to help them do that or help them to place them with, with another construction company. And we're not only going to do that, that's just where we're going to start because that's what I know, that's what Billy knows. We sure. know we can do that trade. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go to other businesses, we're going to get other vocational training, but we're going to start right here. We're going to take the program free. We're going to have the furniture. You know, God, He, he prepared us with, with that that sermon, that just start building the roof. Yep. You know, with all this in mind. And, and, and that's what we've done. We've done the work. You know, he sent somebody to, to meet all of that need. So we're going to continue to build and just, just in a different way. Mm-hmm. We're going to put all that energy that we've used, you know, to get furniture, to, to get donations. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to put that in another place. Right. Teach these men. We're going to be able to spend more time with the men. We're going to make the program free for the men. I mean, it's, it's just amazing to me what God is doing. We stay close to Him and do His I mean, work well. We, if we just follow God, <laughs> yeah. It really says our part is stupid small. Yeah, and that's true. It is. I mean, it's just stupid Absolutely. small. And God has got all this lined up. He's got so much in store for us if we would just follow Him, just seek after Him. Mm-hmm. And and He's got it all figured out already. He's got every piece in place. And we're just here to do that. We're just that's all we're really trying to do. We just are trying to stay where God wants us. 
and do what we know he's called us to do. This, I'm good at every. I've always been real good at everything I've done. I've always been talented, been a copy. Just arrogant. You're an all or nothing person. Yeah, and that's how most of us are. But with this right here, I don't have to. Like I have to try to put. I have to make all that happen. I don't have to try hard to make this recovery thing happen. It's just. It just happens. God put me and Lula together, and we just we work well together. And it's just. It's just amazing. You know, only God can do things like this. Mm-hmm. I. I I mean, it's, it's just, I don't even know how to describe it to you, Joe. It just, it's, it's, it's amazing, and I'm, I'm glad to be here and be a part of it. I mean, listen, and I'm, I'm said, looking forward to you. You said, said God, God, God has just been using us. You know what I'm saying? Like, the way that the way that you guys came full circle in your meeting and how you, mm-hmm. how you came to be together now, working together in this, uh, how I came to be in both of your lives. You know what I'm saying? Like the and, and me doing this podcast and how it took off on its own and now how that's going to be a resource for you guys to get your your name and your information out there like that's I couldn't ask for a better a better reason to do an episode and to and to put this out there you know what I'm saying to get your name and your information out there so volunteer work donations the last thing on that list is charitable donations people can can donate financially yeah. to help sponsor transportation yeah so food. that. Clothing. That girl that's doing the the, the marketing on that, mm-hmm. she is uh, she's also she's starting the Annie Harvison Scholarship Fund. Okay. And what that's going to be is like guys that come in, like come from jail, you have no money, you have no club, you have nothing. We're going to have a team where we'll interview this guy, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be much. If you're coming from jail, you're just going to qualify. Mm-hmm. You got nothing. We're going to pay your first month's rent, mm-hmm. where you don't have to rush into work or whatever. You know. It'll pay that. It'll help get clothes. Help like with mental, uh, like with therapy, call, you know, stuff like that. So we we've got that going. You could donate straight into that. It's none of that stuff is is all together yet, but it will be. Okay. Uh, we've got we've got a uh, a cash app okay. that you could donate into now. Okay. And we can put that in the comments too. Yeah. You know, if people want to help now or mm-hmm. if they want to wait, they can do that too. I just want to make sure that people have understand that there are many ways that they can get involved. Yes. If they, if, you know, if they can't afford their time, if they don't have things that they can donate or contribute that way, if they're better off financially, they can donate that way, or vice versa. If they don't have the funds, but they have the time, That's because we all have ways that we can contribute. We all have something that we can bring to the table to help other people, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe this is a worthy cause. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm very passionate about recovery, obviously. Uh, you know, I love helping other people. I love seeing people get their feet on the ground and and becoming active members of society. I love it. So, what's the end goal? That's the last question I have for you. Is the end game? What is the end goal? The recovery house on every street and the church on every corner. I mean, that's it. We plan to start. I've got a rental property to put that. We're hoping to close that deal up <laughs> in Lawrenceburg. In Lawrenceburg. Okay. We're gonna start with that house. The guy, we're gonna remodel the, the the other house for the guy. We're gonna move the guys in that house. He's gonna get another house. We plan to do four men's houses. And once we, as soon as we get that done, we're gonna open a women's treatment house and do the same thing again. And then have we'll have eight houses down there. We're gonna go. We're probably gonna start immediately. We're gonna start going down there. We're gonna start seeking out a church to partner with and do celebrate recovery down there. Do a Sunday night service. And uh, 
Not good. Recovery house on every street, church on every corner. Yes, two cotton cat. That's it. Once right. we once we get that established in Lawrenceburg, we're going to go to another town. Yeah, we're going to do it again. Yes. God has called us into a ministry and into like an evangelistic ministry, mm-hmm. and that's that was the, the original mission of Fresh Start. Was something along those lines? You go to a town and partner with the church, and and that's it. Get it established. Go to another town. And that's it. And that's what we plan to do. I know that y'all's hearts are in this 100%. I, I know that I love and respect and admire both of you for the, the paths that you walk. Uh, I know that the three of us respect each other and love each other in that way because of that. Uh, so, it, I mean, this has been this has been a privilege for me. I love it. I love you guys. I appreciate you coming and talking to me. We are Apes Development. This has been episode 16. GWP Recovery and Ministries, Josh Francis, Billy Dotson. If you like what you heard, you support the cause, like, subscribe, comment. I don't care what you say about me as long as you talk about me. <laughs> I'm Joe <Robert. laughs>